What a season we are in. A pandemic where you watch the news. And this really bothers me. I am now part of the vulnerable, the at risk. I am the eldest of the elders. I hate to admit this, but I am now 60 years old. So when those newscasts come about and they sort of say, but don't worry, everyone who died today was 60 or older. It really starts to hit me right here. The numbers are horrific. Over 2 million have been diagnosed. Over 115,000 have died just in our country. And we're looking at this in the midst also of civil unrest, protests for racial injustice. It seems like right now there's really no peace in this world. But I ask you to remember the lyrics of the song that say, when there is no peace on this earth, there is peace in Jesus. That's where we will find our peace. This week, I'm now driving to work, no longer remote every other day, there five days a week. And the last message I gave, there was a song that was really on my heart. And to be honest with you, from October 29th to March 9th of this year, that song carried me through. And the song's New Wine, sung by Nikki today, as I pointed out last time, sung so many times by Abby, just pierces my heart, right? There's, there's a new power. There's a new kingdom. That old flame has gone away, and there's a new fire in us through Jesus. So thank you for singing that song again, Nikki. It was great. Thank you for putting that song on Richie. So this week I'm driving, and I really haven't heard this song at all, and it keeps coming on the radio. Every time I go down to Nashua, there's Zach Williams and Dolly Parton, of all people, singing, There Was Jesus. Now, many of the young people in the church, I'm sure, know who Zach Williams is. They probably don't know Dolly Parton that well. You have to be probably 60 or over to, to really know her. Maybe younger, Nikki says, right? Great country singer. Anyone who has an amusement park with their name in it has really reached the pinnacle, right? Dollywood. There is no Charliewood, but there's a, a Dollywood. This song really hit me. And instead of there was Jesus, I'd like to turn it into the present tense. Listen to the words of this song. On the mountains, in the valleys, there is Jesus. In the shadows of the alleys, there is Jesus. In the fire, in the flood, there is Jesus. No, I never walk alone. In the waiting, in the searching, in the healing and the hurting, like a blessing buried in broken pieces, every minute, every moment, where I've been and where I'm going, even when I didn't know it or I couldn't see it, there is Jesus. If you leave today, with one single phrase in your heart. Keep this one. There is Jesus. He is here. He is with you in the midst of this pandemic. He is with you in the midst of these protests. 
as I often do and as I did last time, I think it's really crucial for us to testify. There's nothing more powerful than a testimony. We've been in Revelations. Revelations 12, 11 says we overcome the darkness. We overcome the evil by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So here's my testimony for you today. And this is where I'm overstimulated. I couldn't be more excited to tell you this. I was here in late November and gave you a message on those disturbing moments in our life. And I had just been subject to one of those disturbing moments. I had sat in a doctor's office and been told, you have a very aggressive high-risk type of cancer. Shook me to my bones. And I won't go back through that message, but I do want to tell you what the people of this church, the pastors of this church, all of you did for me through my journey of healing. I told you during that message that as soon as I got that diagnosis, the doctor said, you need to go for a bone scan and a CAT scan right away. So I went, and that's where the healing began. The bone scan and the CAT scan, because they were very worried that this aggressive cancer had spread to my back, revealed that it had not spread to my back, and it was right where they wanted it to be. And then I started talking to people, friends that I had known since college. I talked to my doctors, and everyone said, go to Dana-Farber. I kept hearing those words, Dana-Farber, Dana-Farber. So I decided I'm leaving Concord. I had two great doctors up here, but both of them were pointing at me and saying, go to this high-risk cancer team at Dana-Farber. So off Kelly and I went to Boston. Many trips down to Boston. And I get to Boston and I meet with three different doctors. This is after I've had sort of a preparatory surgery up here in Concord in December. And they're wonderful people. They don't just take you in, spend a few minutes and kick you out of that room. Each of them spent over an hour with me. But one really hit me. She's a researcher, an oncologist. And she said, I've looked at the cancer in your body. I've looked at those screens. That is a nasty, bad cancer, and you need to get it out. So on February 5th, and I love these words, they have really scary words in the medical profession. They can't call it like a gentle something and we'll get it out of there. They call it a radical prostatectomy. Ha <laughs> it didn't sound good. They asked me what kind of surgery you were having. I refused to say those names. I would say, they're removing the prostate. And they say, well, what do we call that? Okay, now I have to, to say it. Um, in the midst of all of this, I sit over here on the right where all the cool people sit um, and kind of back there. In the midst of all of this thing, a, a, a friend in the right section of church gave me this book. It's called Healed of Cancer by Dodie Oldstein. It's an old uh, book. It's only 80 pages long. I read it in about an hour and a half, and it changed my life. Dodie Osteen had a diagnosis far worse than mine. She had liver cancer, two weeks to live. And here's what she says in this book. As soon as I'm given that diagnosis, first of all, I get in prayer with my husband, and we agree this cancer will be healed. Secondly, I go to the book, the Bible, 
because that's where God's going to speak to me about my healing. And she points to verses for 30 pages worth of verses. I won't go over them all. Here's the ones that hit me. First, by his stripes we are healed. We forget that sometimes in the salvation message, right? The Bible says we are saved by his sacrifice on the cross. Our souls are saved. We have eternal life. And it goes on to say, and by his stripes, by what Jesus did for you on that cross, your wounds are healed. He also says in Jeremiah, Jeremiah, I will restore your health and heal your wounds. I took this book and almost every day read that 30 pages. Got rooted in the word of God that says, you are healed. It's not like, well, maybe I'll heal you. Good luck. This is really bad. I, I may step in. No, it says I'm going to heal you. So I have the surgery on February 5th, and I'm supposed to hear in two or three weeks. Well, three weeks goes by, and I still haven't heard. And I'm getting a little impatient, a little frustrated, but I also keep going back to this book, Healed of Cancer, in an even more important book, the Bible. I'm reading every verse I can. I'm reading again in Isaiah where he says, I will heal you quickly. Throughout this whole journey, I kept a journal starting on October 29th when I heard those words. This is March 8th. I'm still waiting for the pathology. Now the doctors in Boston, when they got the original pathology from the biopsies, said, you were an eight, which is really bad, but we're gonna raise you up to a nine, which is even worse. That's when she talked about the slides. And I said, well, hallelujah, this will be even a bigger healing when I testify to it. So on March 8th, I'm waiting. The doctors have also told me uh, this surgery, which lasted six and a half hours, is an intense one, and the likelihood of you being cured is around 30%, maybe 40% if you're lucky. Here's the way I viewed it. These people are really talented. They're really well-trained. The guy who does it was a fairly young guy, but he teaches at Harvard. That's pretty good. I've heard of that school. So I figured I'm in really good hands. They can take care of the 30%. God's got the other 60 or 70%. I should be fine. But waiting is not fun, especially when you think, I'll know in two weeks. I'll know in three weeks. And it's going on four. Here's what I, what I wrote in my journal on March 8th, the day before I learned of this pathology. I continue to wait for word from Dr. Ingham on the pathology. I know the answer. Jesus has healed me. He has removed this cancer from me. By faith, I am healed. I am just waiting for human confirmation of a spiritual healing. I remain at peace. I really feel Jesus is allowing this waiting to bring home the point that I just need to rest on my faith, that I am healed. Fine with me. I can wait patiently because I already know the answer. And in capital letters, I am healed. Exclamation point. And then I added another exclamation point. 
And then this is the way God works. The next morning, March 9th, Dr. Ingham calls me, and he's really happy. And, he, and I say, today, Dr. Ingham confirmed God's healing. I am cancer-free. Thank you, Jesus. This journey began on October 29th, 2019. Two surgeries, and over four months later, I am truly blessed to have walked this path. I am full of faith. The power of God is upon me. My healing comes from above. That's March 9th. Hallelujah. April 8th, we want a blood test. I have to have blood tests every three months. I have the blood test. I read it. I can't understand what it says. So he calls me. No cancer. By faith, I am healed. I want to read you a, a testimony that's even more powerful. This is in Matthew 9, starting in verse 18. While he was saying this, a synagogue leader came in and knelt before him and said, my daughter has just died, but come and put your hands on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him and so did his disciples. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if only I touch this cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes, he said, go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. And you know what they did? They laughed at Jesus. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in, took the girl by the hand, and she got up. News of this spread throughout the region. If you read Matthew 9, you'll see miracles. You'll see healings. And it says this, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, in healing every disease and sickness. Jesus heals. I can tell you right now, Jesus heals. I can tell you that Jesus will heal you no matter what your situation is. I wanna talk and the worship team can, oh, the worship team's not coming up, we're playing a video. The video can get ready. I wanna talk about this national crisis that we're in, the pan pandemic, excuse me, and the protests. Yeah, it's a season of disease. Yes, it's a season of even death, but someone's already conquered death. His name is Jesus. It's a season of fear. It's a season of injustice. It's a season of violence and destruction. But far beyond that, most of all people, it's a season of healing. Let me read to you a very familiar verse, and I think I read this in a devotional, and I know Richie has sung songs and used this for us over Instagram. This is 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14. This is the solution for the United States of America. This is the solution for the whole world. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin 
and I will heal their land. It's a really simple formula in God's Word. Humility and prayer brings healing. There's injustice in this land and let the people protest. Good for them. The voices of our young people, if you notice, are raising up. The people who are protesting in peace with humility are bringing racial injustice to our attention. Good for them. Let the ears hear. Let the, the nation be healed. Blessed are those who will do justice. We should not only hear the word in this church, we should be out there doing the word. It takes action too. Here's what God says about this whole spirit of fear that sometimes racks this world at this point. It's in 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. That's right where we're at. Make no mistake about this. I love this song too. There is power in the name of Jesus and he will break every chain. He will break the chain of disease. He's already broken the chains of death. Oh death, where is your sting? He will break this chain of fear. He will break this chain of injustice. He will break the chain of violence and destruction. And there'll be a day that's coming soon. And here's what will happen in that day, in that morning. While there's darkness in this night, and the weeping may stay for the night, joy comes in the morning. Psalm 35. That joy is coming. When you wake up tomorrow morning, let that joy overtake you. Let God's peace run in your front door. Don't get tied up in the news of the day. I know it happens to me at times, especially when they talk about the deaths of people 60 or older. Don't get tied up in the horrible statistics of the day. Don't let the darkness of the day ruin what is your mission and purpose in life. Joy comes in the morning. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, then this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say, Invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.